0: We're in this whole Ten Commandments series, and number nine is this whole, like, you know, bearing false witness and stuff. So I just, I felt bad all morning long, so I just, I, and I'm just, so I, I, don't, I don't know what to say. I'm just dry. I guess say nothing. That's it. Say okay. nothing.
1: Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure why you're applauding. He's so rude to me. It's just... It's great to see you. Good morning, everybody. And uh, forgive my voice. I'm starting to lose my voice, um, which is not an answer to prayer. So uh, uh, good to see you. Hey, uh, you're probably wondering what this set is all about. Uh, Next Sunday, uh, and also now Monday, is Chariots, uh, our, our production with Searchlight Theater Company and 12... Uh, We've got a cast of 12 Timberline people as well. Chariot is is a full-length two-hour play based on the story of Eric Liddell of Chariots of Fire fame. And uh, they've wrote me in as well. I'm going to be in the play. I play the meanest guy in the whole story. That's uh, that's nice of them to do that. Um, But we've had such a great response to the tickets, and tickets are available in the mall today that well, we were doing just one Sunday performance at, uh, at 4 uh, next Sunday, but we're going to do another one as well Monday at 7. Uh, so please, you know, the Timberline culture tends to be pretty last minute, so do not wait and uh, stop on your way out today in the mall out there and, uh, and get your tickets. Uh, knowing that we have been in this series in the book of Exodus and that now we're looking at the Ten Commandments, Um, Michael and David uh, very quickly put together, uh, even finishing writing some of it this morning, a piece for us today uh, that will help us get some context. So all the way from England, would you welcome Michael and David from Searchlight Theatre Company.
2: Thank you.
0: You won't be able to tell it was written this morning, we promise you. It (laughs) is going to be Exodus 1 to 19 in five
2: minutes ladies and gentlemen boys and girls let's start with the story of the birth of moses so a levite man married a levite woman they were a pair of (laughs) levi's i'm glad you like that that's our best guy it is so they had a child they called him gene gene you see levi's you get it (laughs) No. She it does, it wasn't. Around. It no. wasn't, wasn't
0: Jean. It wasn't Jean. No, because it was a male child. Oh. Uh, yes, Yes, no, but Pharaoh had issued a decree that the male children must be thrown in the Nile, whereas the female children would live. I'd put him in a dress and call him Jean if I was them. Hmm. <laughs> now, the child's mother... Um, yes, that was Jean probably. Yeah, we'll call her Jean. Jean. Uh, Jean took the baby and she put him in a basket in the banks of the river Nile. The first basket case in history, there it was. Mm. So... <laughs> it's not getting any better, don't... <laughs> You save some groans. Yeah. Um, so years later, the child grew up and became Moses, with a uh, fine stature and a great big bushy
2: beard. Yeah, I, I don't do beards, really. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I had one once. I wasn't sure at first, but it sort of it grew on me after a while. But. Oh. <clears throat> Now one day Moses was out in the blazing sun and, and was scorching the scorching steam. sand, and he saw he saw one of his Hebrew slaves, his, his fellow Hebrew slaves, and that Hebrew slave was being beaten up by an Egyptian. <laughs> Bit of river dance in there. In a rather odd manner. <clears throat> That's river dance. Yes, it is. Ah. So they and when did it. I thought no one was looking, I killed the Egyptian and buried him in the sand.
0: Yes, now Pharaoh issued a decree for Moses to be killed. Uh, so Moses huh? fled to the land of Midian. Flied. Fleed. Food. Floored. Fried. That's one. Yes, anyway. Uh, years later, uh, he was out tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, and suddenly the Lord appeared to him in the blazing fire of a bush and said to him, Moses, you
2: will lead my people out of Egypt. Here I am, but... Uh, can I just ask one question? <laughs> I mean, if all these people ask, what's the name of this God who told you to lead us out? What's the name of the God? What do I reply to? I you? am. Pardon? Yeah, if they ask me, what do I say your name is? I am. I am. Who? No, I am. What? I am. When? I am. How many? I am. I am. I am. That's the funny name. Have you got a nickname? Could use to be. To be. Or not to be. Is that the question? That is the question. I see. <laughs> Glad we got that sorted. Yes, look, I am.
0: I am, I am who? I'm God, I'm Lord, I'm in charge, I'm the beginning of everything, I'm the end of
2: everything. I am, that's my name forever. That's a long name. (laughs) I'm just called Moses. I looked in the books, I checked the references. It just says Moses. I haven't even got a surname, just
0: Moses. This is my name forever, so get the people together and let's get to work, my friends.
2: Yeah, but they won't believe me stammering, stuttering, middle-aged man. They'll say, you don't look like Charlton Heston. Get out of here. <laughs> Let's just see what happens. And
0: so Moses went back to the land of Egypt, went before Pharaoh, and eventually ended up by the banks of the River Nile with his shepherd's stick. Y- <laughs> <laughs> Is that the best
2: one you could find? Staff shortages, I'm afraid. Yeah. <laughs> Is that anything to do with the government I'm shutdown? Sure the government cuts, I'm afraid, yeah. Uh- <laughs> Cultural. Ooh, cultural,
0: we got yes. in there. British government's yeah. still going, friends. And then...
2: <laughs> too late, too late clapping, you didn't want us. So, he, he raised the staff above the river Nile and it turned to blood... Indeed. ...before their very eyes, the first of the nine plagues. Yes, nine more were to come, but then eventually good news came. Good news, good news, good news. I've got good news. I've got the new living translation. no, 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 no what have you got?
0: Yes, indeed. Now, the people started their exodus out from Egypt. There were 600,000 men, plus, of course, the the women and the children. Keep
2: moving, keep moving, in twos, close together.
0: That's the idea. Two two by two is Noah. Is he not here? He's not in this one. I haven't got my waders. I haven't got my waders. (laughs) So they eventually ended up, of course, going on a a kind of a roundabout route through the wilderness.
2: Yes, and ended up by the the Red Sea. It was the Red Sea. The S- no, Sea of Reeds. No, it's the Red Sea. No, no. Um, you know, you get those little asterisk things in
0: your Bible with the well, italics you know, underneath. It the Red sea. Well, no, I've read it, and it says Red Sea. Underneath it says Sea of Reeds. Not the Red Sea. No, it's like it's like having Moses hmm. asterisk, actually Roger.
2: What? Yeah. So he was called Moses Rogers? Because I was asking what his surname was, but now we know. Moses Rogers. Make a note of that. Yes, well, actually, I just don't want us to upset any Hebrew scholars in the audience. Any Hebrew scholars would have left 10
0: minutes ago. Hmm, probably. So, despite the fact that Egypt had endured ah. its worst level of suffering since former Prime Minister Joseph uh, commissioned that musical by Andrew Lloyd Webber, and Donny Osmond was cast in he the lead was good role. That,
2: I liked him. Mm, mm.
0: Yes, he sent off 600 of Egypt's best chariots. They'd been fitted with new flame retardant interiors after the infamous Chariots of Fire incident. Yeah.
2: Chariots Fire, that's a bit like the play that we're doing next Sunday, four o'clock, Monday, seven o'clock. Tickets are going really well. Make sure you get your tickets in the lobby before you leave. Do you think they noticed us doing the plug there, No, 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 I don't think so. It was very subtle. Yes, indeed.
0: So... (laughs) Eventually, they crossed across the Sea of Reeds. Yes. Uh, Well, the Lord gave them manna from heaven. Yes, and water from Maria.
2: Uh, That was Mara, I believe. yes, yes, Uh,
0: yes. Yes, they defeated the army of Amalek, thanks to Moses keeping a stiff upper arm.
2: And Jethro came and talked about judges four books too early. Yes, he did. And from that, eventually, Moses going to Sinai. Yes. And then they opened up this sort of male hair loss clinic. Well, it was opened by um, Moses's brother. Moses's brother opened a male hair loss clinic. Yes, it was called Keep Your Air On.
0: I don't think that was true David was wasn't it true no, I don't think that is true why not I think that's a lie doesn't matter does it um I think we should probably let Pastor Jeff explain then good plan see you later good night
1: <laughs> would you um would you pray for me because they're staying at our house for two weeks Hey, uh, it, again, it's going to be completely different, this chariots, uh, but, but come and be with us. And if you have friends who are not used to being around church, it's a great opportunity to invite them too. Well, we are continuing to look at the Ten Commandments. Hold on to the truth is the theme of uh, today's message. And Exodus 20 and verse 16 is the verse that we are looking at where God says, you shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. Isn't it true that there are so many things in our lives that look real, but they're actually fakes? Uh, last night uh, for the Saturday evening service, I wore a, uh, a rather nice suede jacket that isn't suede at all. I looked at the label, it's suede I didn't even know that such a thing existed it's possible to get imitation crab that has never seen the sea to buy furniture made from wood that has never seen a tree to have a zirconium diamond it gets really really confusing in fact I found a jacket recently uh, with a label inside it said genuine imitation leather We're surrounded by things that are not true, and the danger is that we can be surrounded by words that are not true as well. According to a recent survey of three million job applicants, nearly 50% of them said that they had lied on their resumes. 50% in the book, The Day America Told the Truth. 91% of those who responded to a survey said they lied about matters that they thought were trivial. And 36% admitted that they lied about important matters. We're living in a culture where lack of truth is the way it is. George Orwell famously the author of 1984 he said in a in a time of universal deceit telling the truth is a revolutionary act now now we, we know that the lying is a, a big part of the way things are how many of how many of us here today have ever told a lie just raise your hand and and some of us are not raising our hands How many of us have ever told a lie when we're asked about whether we've ever told a lie? (laughs) God's 10, this is about revolutionary, beautiful living. To live in a way that is counter-cultural, counter-Egypt, if you like. So what does that mean? Let's look first of all, if you're following along in the bulletin, let's look at the heart of God's 10. The heart of God's 10, which is relationship with God the liberator relationship with God the liberator one of the great temptations with any scripture but especially with the ten commandments is that we lift the scripture out of context and when we do that ladies and gentlemen we end up with a document of legislation and we argue about whether the ten commandments should be placed on the wall of every city building and courthouse I'm not I don't want to get into the politics of that, but I need to tell you that that's not the way that God presented the Ten Commandments to his people. Just stick it on the wall. No, actually, the context for the giving of the Ten was the deliverance that God gave and the invitation to relationship with God that he offered. Often, we forget that the Ten Commandments were not given in Exodus chapter 1. They were given in Exodus chapter 20 as the journey had unfolded. And when the ancient rabbis thousands of years ago realized that, they would ask the question, if the Ten Commandments are so important, why didn't God give give those commandments at the beginning of the journey? And there's an ancient rabbinic story which I want to share with you. They would tell a story about a man walking into a city... He walks into a city and he gathers the citizens and he says, I'm going to rule over you. And the citizens say, the Hebraic equivalent of, you can take a hike, pal. Then the man says, or the man comes back and he builds the walls of the city up again and he creates aqueducts and he provides food for them and he leads them into victorious battle. And six months after that, he says, I will rule over you. And they say, That would be great. You see, that's the context of the Ten Commandments. There's a reason that is given. The reason is deliverance and journey. Have a look at Exodus 19. Exodus 19, Then Moses went up to God. The Lord called to him from the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob and tell the Israelites, You've seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, therefore... If you obey my voice and keep my covenant, you should be my treasured possession out of all the peoples. Indeed, the whole earth is mine. But you shall be for me a priestly kingdom and a holy nation. These are the words you shall speak to the Israelites. You see, there's a therefore. There's a reason. And that kind of thinking is continued over into the New Testament. God doesn't just say, do this because I say so. No, Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. It might be today that you have not become a Christian because you never figured out the therefore. You just thought Christianity was a bunch of do's and don'ts, a bunch of commands and prohibitions. But if you've seen it that way, you've missed out on the heartbeat of this, that God is the liberator, that God is the freedom fighter, that God is the one who invites us to enter a relationship with him. And so, therefore, we live our lives according to his pattern. The theologian and ethicist Stanley Halvaus has said this, We cannot understand the commandments apart from the worship of the true God. Those who do not worship that God will catch a glimpse of that God when they for example tell the truth but the 10 commandments are meant for those who are known by the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the God of Jesus Christ. The commandments are a countercultural way of life for those who know who they are and where they are. Now of course the 10 commandments have got wider application for society and culture in general. Our whole system of justice is based On the Judeo Christian ethic. But let's realize the context. It's about relationship and deliverance. The second thing is the scope the scope of God's 10, everything, because God is in the details. The scope of God's 10, everything, God is in the details. You've heard the phrase, haven't you? The devil's in the details. That phrase was not used before 1975, it's relatively new. The original saying was, God is in the details. What does this mean to us? Well, Exodus was not just about getting the Hebrews from Egypt to the promised land, relocation. Exodus was also about calling the Hebrews to live in a completely different way, behavior and character Christianity is not just about getting people into heaven when they die. That's not the Christian message. If that were true, what we should do is get you saved and then shoot you. It's an interesting evangelistic strategy, isn't it? Well, great, you've just become a Christian. I've got some good news and some bad news. Good news is you're going to go and be with Jesus when you die. Bad news is, you go in now. <laughs> but some Christians live like that, as if, well, I've, I've got my ticket now. I'm, I'm in now. I'm, I, you know, it's, I, I, I prayed the prayer. God is not just about relocating us, but transforming us. He's interested. He's interested in our everyday stuff, the details of our lives. I've got a little quote that I'm going to put up here, which you, might, you could be offended by. So let me just give you warning. But it's an ancient Jewish saying, which I believe is actually very powerful. Have a look at this. Any God who won't tell you what to do with your pots, pans, and genitals isn't worth worshipping. <laughs> Some of you are sitting there right now going, I just saw the word genitals on the screen. <laughs> in fact, when I sent this in for the guys to put this on the screen, the Timberline spell checker freaked out. <laughs> it did. It changed it to Gentiles. I'm telling you. <laughs> Hey, let's grow up, people. Let's not be offended because actually that saying is true. God is interested in the details of our lives, including our sexuality. And the trouble is we, we've, we've got this attitude. We talk about, we can talk about anything but that. And God is interested not just in the big picture. He's interested in the details. Do we want him just for the big picture? Or what about the everyday stuff? There's a challenge there. Thirdly, there's the clarity of God's 10. The clarity of God's 10. Truth from the God who calls us to truthfulness. Truth really matters. And in this context, the ninth commandment was not just tell the truth. It was don't bear witness, false witness against your neighbor. Why? Because if you did, they could die. That's why in the desert, if you were a witness in a capital case, and the the, uh, accused was found guilty, guess what? You had to throw the first stone. That's why in John 7 and 8, the woman caught in adultery, Jesus said, you without sin, you throw, you cast the first stone. What's that about? It's about us realizing how devastating our words can be when we shatter someone's life or maybe destroy their reputation. So let's think a little bit more about this, a few further thoughts about lies. First of all, let's know that lies wreck landscaping. Lies wreck landscaping. Right back at the beginning in Genesis 3, we read this dialogue between the serpent and the woman. You certainly will not die, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Let's know this, everybody. Truth is big deal stuff. The universe has been messed up by lying. Satan is the father of lies, John 8. This is, we, we, we sort of marginalize or minimalize this. Oh, just Just a little white lie. Lying's a big deal. Secondly, let's know that we are all armed and dangerous. We are all armed and dangerous. James 3. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It's a restless evil full of deadly poison. I've told you before, I don't own a gun. I wanted to buy one snake stuff. So... I went to the gun store, and the guy, lovely guy behind the counter may be here today. He's a Timberline guy, and he's heard my stories. <laughs> he knows how good at life I am. And I sa- he said, hey, Pastor Jeff, I said, hi, I want to buy, buy a gun. And he said, I've, I've heard you talk. He said, I beg you, I beg you. This is not going to end well, sir. You know, yell at the snake, don't buy a gun. You're going to shoot yourself in the foot, literally. This is not going to be good. But I, I do need to reveal to you that I am I am carrying today. And I... <laughs> and... Uh, Between me and you, lean forward slightly. (laughs) I don't even have a permit. Um, And um, the weapon is behind my teeth. It's the tongue. I know some of you were trying to work that out. It's the tongue. (laughs) (laughs) That's quite funny. Some of you are sitting there going, he's got a gun in his mouth? (laughs) It's nice to laugh together, but I've got a bit of serious business I have to do because the, the, sometimes we pastors have to do this stuff. There's a member here who has caused a lot of trouble and distress. And, you know, we try and get these things sorted out. But every now and again, you just have to just deal with it. I've got a name, this member here that's caused a lot of trouble. This is it's awkward. It's embarrassing. It's called the tongue, which the Bible says in the King James Version Is an unruly member. Man, you people look tense. (laughs) And I kind of did that because I want you to remember this unruly member that can so be destructive. And there are, thirdly, a variety of weapons available. There's a variety of weapons available. Uh, Paul talks about coming to the Corinthians. He says, you may not find me as you want me to be. I fear that there may be discord, uh, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, uh, slander, gossip, arrogance, and disorder. Uh, There's so many different ways of of telling a lie. There's the outright lie, flat-out lie. You know, hi, my name is Jeff, and I have a full head of hair. No. Or there's gossip, and I know, of course, in Timberline, (laughs) of course, none of us here would ever gossip, would we? We share. Don't we? It's been said that gossip is when you hear something you like about someone you don't. so many, so many really cool ways of spiritualizing gossip. Here's one like. Look, I know I shouldn't say anything about, about him, but I'd really like you to pray about it. He just so needs prayer, so could I tell you the salacious details of what I've heard? in order to fuel your prayer life, of course. (laughs) What about inference? Inference is where you maneuver someone to a conclusion based on a half-truth or a hint. You plant enough seeds of deception to lead them in a particular way. What about seizing on someone's words and twisting them out of context? They did that to Jesus. He said, if you destroy this temple, I'll raise it again in three days. Pharisees wrench that quote out of context and then accused him of plotting against the Jewish temple. What about, what about flattery? Flattery can be lying. Now, I'm not against encouragement. In fact, um, one of the reasons I, I, I really love being in America is I, I think Americans, generally speaking, are better at encouragement, genuine encouragement. Um, it's great. Uh, Pastor Darry is has got a PhD in encouragement. I mean it's amazing. And he encourages so much. Sometimes I look at him and think, what? Like we I've told you this before, we, we played golf and I'm terrible, useless golfer. And he's really good at it. And he's good at lots of sports and lots of stuff. It's really irritating. And <laughs> and we were out playing golf and he hit a great shot, you know, because he's good. And then I hit I hit my ball and it went straight into the lake. He slapped me on the back, and he said, great shot, Lucas. I said, what? What? Now I've caught you. Now I know that you're just a cheesy, superficial, flattering person. I said, "How how could you say it was a great shot? I just hit the ball into the water. He said, Jeff, you just hit the ball. Now, I love that. But beware of flattery where you kind of lie in order to get an outcome. That's scary. Or there's exaggeration, exaggeration. Now, can I just say to married couples here, can you resist the temptation to nudge each other as I say what I'm about to say? In fact, some of you need to actually hold your arm (laughs) right now because there's going to be a real serious tremor in your arm right now you are going to so want to go like I've I've told you a million times see some of you are not you can't even resist it or here's another one you always really or or you never (laughs) some of you are not doing the arm thing you're just staring at each other Or you can lie with silence when that person is being, when that person's character is being ripped to shreds and you know it's not true and you stand there. And it's awkward, socially awkward to step in. Hey, let it be socially awkward. There's so many ways that we can end up being people who are not embodying the truth. Number four, check that your brains, let's check that our brains are connected when we speak. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Keeping the ninth commandment doesn't mean you've got to say whatever comes to your mind. Well, I've got to just tell the truth, haven't I? No, stop and think about it. Engage brain I remember years ago, um, Kay was in the hospital. She'd just given birth. And so I was, I was home alone, starving to death. And this couple, this couple from another church, didn't know him hardly at all. And they heard that Kay had had the baby. And they invited me over for dinner. And I went over there. And I didn't know them very well. And we're sitting around having dinner. And they said, Jeff, when you were in Bible school, did you preach? Did you do preaching stuff in any churches? And I said, yeah, I did. They said, oh, well, tell us about one of those churches. And I thought about this church, and I, I had a negative thought about it, but I thought, they, they're from a different denomination. This is hundreds of miles away. They won't know anyone in that church, will they? So I said, well, I went to this one church I used to preach every week. And, and then I said, there was, this, there was this guy, that used this deacon who used to stand up and give the announcements every week and they said oh yeah and I said Wink! I said he was really boring It's just so dull people were healed of insomnia during the announcements and they said oh really they said, and then the lady she said um, what did he look like <laughs> and I described him she said oh that's interesting she said his first name wasn't and she named him. And I went, yes, it was. Do you know him? She said, yes, that's my father. Ah, ah, ah. I mean, what do you do? She said, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry and they really tried to help me out. She said, you know, we love dad, but he, she said, he is a bit boring. I mean, uh, when he was born, the midwife fell asleep. He is pretty boring, (laughs) but it was too late. (laughs) Think before talking. Number five, let's know that truth without love isn't truth. Truth without love isn't truth. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him, Who is the head? That is Christ. I always smile when people come up to me and they say, I'd like to tell you the truth in love. You ever had that? That's the time normally to look for a nuclear fallout shelter. (laughs) But if we don't say the truth in love, we don't say the truth because our attitude infects the information. What's our motive? Number six, let's know that some situations are complex. Some situations are complex. There are examples in the Bible of people who lied and who were commended for it. Now, don't be shocked. That's the way it is. The Hebrew midwives in Moses' story hid hid uh, the male children, and they lied about it. Um, in the uh, Rahab story in Joshua, uh, in Joshua chapter 2, uh, this woman had taken two men, hidden them. She said, yes, the men came to me, but I did not know... Uh, where they'd come from. And at dusk, when it was time to close the city gate, they left. She said, I don't know which way they went. Go after them quickly. You may catch up with them. But she'd taken them up to the roof and hidden them under the stalks of flax she had laid out on the roof. Hold on a minute. She told a lie. There are, listen carefully, there are some situations when that is required. If you are in Nazi Germany and you are helping a Jewish family who are living in your attic and a soldier knocks at the door and says are there any Jews here you're going to say no if you come to my house sir with a gun it's an illustration not a suggestion and you you say is your wife here and she's downstairs i'm going to tell you no if I become a Bible smuggler and I'm smuggling Bibles somewhere and I go through customs of that country and they say, what have you got in your bag? I'm not going to say, well, actually, I, I've got Bibles for I'm a Bible smuggler, didn't you know? <laughs> now, you've got to be careful with this. You know that out-of-context stuff? I talked about lifting. You see, you could go out of here today, couldn't you? You could go out of here and say, Pastor Jeff told us today that we can lie. Now, that's my kind of church, honey. I'm not doing that. I am saying not to get out of a tight spot, not to cover your own embarrassment, but if there is a situation where greater harm can be prevented, and I'm talking about in these situations, a person's life, you would have to tell an untruth. When my mum says to me, as she did last week, moving further into dementia, when she says to me, did I tell you that just now? And she's told me that 50 times. I don't go, yeah, you did. I will enter into her reality for her good. So let's understand that this can be complex. Number seven, let's let our yes be yes. Jesus said, all you need to say is simply yes or no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. Quite simply, ladies and gentlemen, if the check is not in the mail, do not say it is. And number eight, liars end up lying to themselves. Liars end up lying to themselves. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. It's been said that lying to ourselves is more deeply ingrained than lying to others. You know what can happen? If you live in the lying zone enough, after a while you start to believe it yourself. If you lie enough, you will eventually part company with an acknowledgement of what is the truth. Heard a story about a man who was charged with a crime. He he was brought into the court and he pleaded not guilty. And after the first day of the trial, he, he asked if he could change his plea from not guilty to guilty. And the judge said, why do you want to do that? And he said, well, if you'll excuse, excuse me, your honor, I didn't realize I was guilty until I'd heard all the evidence. <laughs> now, it's a kind of smile story, but think about living your life like that where you and I convince ourselves of untruth because we've become self-deceived. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, you are the way, the truth, and the life. And we praise you for that. As we wait before you in these moments, we invite you to work in our lives by your Spirit. I want us just to keep our heads bowed for a few moments. I'm going to ask two questions. First of all, I want to invite a response. I want to ask you to respond. If you are not a Christian today, or maybe you're far from God today, and uh, maybe you're not a Christian because you thought this was just about rules and regulations, and perhaps today somehow you've figured out this is about a relationship by faith with God that you can begin now Maybe you're far from God and it's time to come back to relationship, to friendship by faith with Him. Our heads are bowed. I'm looking around. If that's true for you, either you want to become a Christian or you're a long way away and you want to come back to God today. As I look around, I'm going to ask you, please, just to slip your hand up for a moment. Hold it there and then put it down. Would you do that right now, please? Right away. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's wonderful. As our heads are bowed still, I'd like to ask you probably one of the most awkward things I've ever asked in public. It's really difficult to admit that you lie habitually. It's really hard to shatter the self-deceit that can encrust our hearts. But some of us know that we have a tendency to go there a lot. We tend to cover up. We tend to exaggerate or gossip. We live in that zone too much. I know it's kind of difficult, but as every head is bowed and as I'm looking around, I want to ask you to take a radical action today to draw a line and say, God, I need your help with this. If you're one of those people for whom that is true, can I ask you, please, as I look around, just to slip up your hand for a moment? you do that now be bold enough to do it and thank you for your courage takes guts I know our heads are bowed but it takes guts to admit that character flaw Lord we pray for those who are wanting to know you invite you into their lives for the first time and right where you're seated why don't you just ask him to come and take charge now You want a relationship with him. You want to walk with him by faith. Invite him in. Those who are coming back to you, those who are saying, Lord, I want to live in the truth zone. Break chains, we pray, and bring us freedom. We agree in Jesus' name. And everyone said We're going to worship in our giving now. Uh, Guests, you don't have to give in the offering. Just put that connection card in. Can I say our our Open Spaces campaign is continuing, so if you have a faith promise card, then please put that in the plate as well. Uh, Let's sing and let's give together right now. And applaud him in worship. us as people of the truth to be carriers of truthfulness this week. We pray in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. Amen. Prayer team are here to pray with you if we can. Uh, Don't forget the chariot tickets are out there right hand side on your way out. God bless you. Have a great weekend.